Hi, this is Jordan Shively. And this is Brock Wilbur. And you're listening to Caring Into the Void, the podcast where we get together, tell each other about a weird or dark story we've heard, and then try and find the silver lining. Or maybe we can flip it into something that, while, you know, not super fun and shiny, will at least be productive. How are you doing this week, Brock? I'm doing pretty darn okay, all things considered. How are things in your world? Um, they're getting on. I'm trying to work on my book. We've been we've been upping our podcast writing schedule, so that's been interesting to like be getting it done ahead of time instead of like two days before. So that's <laughs> oh, a, yes. a, a, a new a new thing for us. I'm sure Will, our amazing producer, much prefers that to like, hey, here it is tomorrow, right? <laughs> Thank you, Will, for your patience. <laughs> Will is the best. You should hire Will. Will is the reason this sounds decent and all of my coughs and stuttering <laughs> is gone. It is gone, right, Will? Right? You should do a stutter test real quick there. Also, I've never heard you stutter. I don't know what you think that Will's taking out there. You might be giving too much credit to Will. <laughs> this week, I am have kind of a throwback. Well, it's not like the same. It's touching on a topic that we've talked about more than once haunted dolls and people who don't just foolishly burn them the first time anything weird happens when the doll moves you get rid of the doll it's rule number one i don't understand how many times we have to reiterate it <laughs> you don't put it in a special closet where it's safe <sighs> all right so this doll is the annabelle doll like the actual annabelle doll or like <laughs> yeah from the conjuring cinematic universe which apparently actually exists in a real-life occult museum. Did they get the doll from the museum for the film, or is the doll made to look like it? No, that's part of it. It's a, it's a much creepier-looking doll. It looks, it looks nothing like the doll in the movie. <laughs> so, with quarantine and everything else, you can't see me, but I'm currently bleakly gesturing just like to the entire world. My partner and I have started watching horror franchises in their entirety in order of theatrical release, which, in my mind, is the is the only way to watch them. I have loved that you are doing this because you you started down. What what was the uh, franchise that you're on right now? Was it not Jason the Halloweens? I, we had not talked about this at the exact same time as you were doing all the Halloweens. I was finally doing all of the Friday the Thirteenth. I haven't done those yet, and I think you probably got more out of yours. Yeah. <laughs> I really like the last Halloween where they like she fucking kills them. But now that like, I, apparently there's two more in this new trilogy, I'm like, where is it going to go from there? Because they left him burning spoilers in a basement. I do like that that one starts with the uh, the murder of some podcasters. That that one actually it made me feel all warm and fuzzy inside. <laughs> Dude, like, there is zero equivocity about whether those podcasters are dead. Like they're not coming back for the next movie. Teeth and podcasters, they just don't go together. Mm -hmm. Am I right? <laughs> yeah, very. Often twain, they shall never meet. So, <laughs> and so we started watching that series that the Annabelle doll comes in, The Conjuring, and they're surprisingly good. But they also had one of those based on true event disclaimers at the beginning and the end. And if you've seen those ap absolutely bonkers movies, you know that the thought that these are based in reality is like a record scratch. Like, 
what the fuck? These are like bonkers ass horror movies. So I did some research and it turns out that yes, those movies were much more exciting than the real story, or at least the stories reported around the allegations of Ed and Lorraine Warren. Most of how the story of the doll mysteriously appears in the 70s as the possession of a student nurse and it claims of being possessed by the spirit of a dead girl named Annabelle are only backed up by the counts of the Warrens themselves. Which is odd because in most other stories of these types, like Robert the Doll, etc., there are at least multiple recorded accounts by other family members, members of the clergy, which while possibly also suspect, at least exist on record by someone who wasn't benefiting directly from the myth of the supernatural incident in question. Are you telling me that Team Warren ran out of things to be scared oh, of? Oh, dude, it's, <laughs> yeah. In this case, like many of the items in the occult museum of the Warrens, found it were only substantiated by the worms themselves versions of their providence and import so that seems shady at best like they're like this is a huge occult library of all the things that we've conquered and like beat in our like constantine supernatural past and then but there's no records or other people backing up that we did these things such as these typed pages and this doll or this like mirror that has a demon in it but also, can we agree that there's nothing fucking dumber in the world than being like, here's a bunch of haunted artifacts that we defeated. We're going to put them all in one place and live there. Yeah, we're going to have our house attached to it. And yeah, nothing bad could come from making like a toxic dust dumping ground of occult evil. One thing I thought was interesting, though, in the difference of the extended Conjuring Cinematic Universe Annabelle doll and the real life Annabelle doll was that the real original Annabelle doll was, wait for it, a Raggedy Ann doll, which they said... Oh my fucking God, are you kidding yeah, me? Yeah, which they said they did not use because it wasn't scary enough in the movie. And I have to say, an expressionless murdering Raggedy Ann doll is way creepier to me. That's a way better movie. Yeah. I, oh my God. There's like hints that they already got sued because probably someone owns Raggedy Ann. Like whoever wrote the probably the, the estate of whoever wrote the original books, because Raggedy Ann was a kid's book before it was a doll. Also, the Warrens really put a big emphasis on calling themselves demonologists and pushed the idea that this doll, while claiming to be possessed by the spirit of a dead child, was actually more of a liminal anchor for a demonic entity to reach through the veil and exert influence in our reality, which does set it apart from previous versions of the story, like Robert the Doll where they're pretty much like, yeah, there's a dead person in this doll. Uh, this are saying, oh, no, this doll is a doorway for a dark spirit. Right. Which, I mean, to me, is cooler, but also, like, is, was anyone else around, ever, during one of these encounters? Several critics of the Warrens have also pointed out that a Twilight Zone episode named The Living Doll was released five years before the Warrens brought their Annabelle's door story to the public and featured a character named Annabelle. So yeah, draw oh your conclusions oh draw your conclusions there as you will. <laughs> oh, uh, this totally unique thing that happened to us, Annabelle the Living Doll. Twilight Zone? Never heard of it. So what really does this tell us? That the idea of innocent things that children are supposed to pour their love into, then reflecting malice instead is a terrifying idea that resonates with storytellers over and over again? Or maybe we see these haunted doll stories 
as anthropomorphic mirrors that are just reflecting back the own darkness of their owners and thus humanity in a never-ending psychic loop of terror. A supernatural stand-in for therapy puppets in our own displacements. Who knows? All I know for certain is that the moment a doll moves, burn it. Rule one. Rule one. The doll picks up a knife. The doll blinks an eye. The doll giggles. The wind from outside flutters the doll's hair. You burn it. Why can't we learn from our mistakes? Clapping emoji. <laughs> so my carrying into the void moment for this, man, I hope there's more dolls in the future. Oh, I got to find all the dolls. It's like the worst fucking Pokemon ever for me now. <laughs> carrying into the... Gotta fear gotta them all. Gotta fear them all. <laughs> carrying into the void moment. You are not a doorway for anyone. You are not a passage to help someone hungry for what lies beyond you to use. You don't have room inside the glorious, twisted passageways of your mind for any non-invited guests. And even those that may have gotten on the guest list by accident, your patience has run thin and your teeth have grown sharper as you lay waiting. You are no one's liminal space. You are a fucking destination, dark and glorious, wrapped in thorn and vine, bone and shard. And anyone who thinks otherwise, or oh, the grave yawns ever open, and you've always been quick with a helping hand. Jesus. You had a little fire in you on that one. I like the haunted ones. <laughs> when I was reading out the liminal space thing, I'm like, it's such a, a pretty direct parallel to like people treating other people just as a doorway or an access or networking or as a way to make themselves feel cool. And that's just so shitty. Fuck those people. Oh, absolutely. I love that. That was a great, yeah, link. <laughs> um, so what you got this week? So uh, this week's... <laughs> I got Huggin' Molly. Uh, so uh, Huggin' Molly uh, is out of Alabama, a little place called uh, Abbeville. So basically Huggin' Molly is the name of a restaurant now uh, that is a 50s style diner that mostly is just covered with uh, movie schlock on the walls, like a, a 50s diner Applebee's. But uh, they tie themselves into the legend of Huggin' Molly. And Huggin' Molly for this community, since way back when, has been a seven-foot-tall woman okay. who wears a black dress. Uh, and if your kids are out too late at night, hugging Molly a gets them. So it was a thing that everyone in the community would tell their kids, you better go to sleep or else, you know, hugging Molly going to get you. And here's the thing about how uh, hugging Molly gets you. Uh, she is the ghost of a woman who had lost an infant uh who was dealt a tragedy by hugging local children, which like, I don't, again, I'm not sure what that was. Like, did the kid just love hugs and then the other kids hugged him too hard? Or was this like a COVID black plague situation? <laughs> Another one says that she was a professor at the former Southeast Alabama agricultural school who was trying to keep students safe at night by keeping them off the streets. Uh, none of that explains why she became seven foot tall or a ghost per se. The, the claims about how, Huggin' Molly would get you is that uh, the phantom woman would uh, would appear to children, but only at night. She would squeeze them tightly, then scream in their ears. She never harmed them other than perhaps causing some ringing in their ears. So she's not squishing them to death. 
she's not squishing him to death. There's no, there's no death here. It's just like a seven foot tall woman in dark clothing and a wide brimmed hat pops out of nowhere, gives you a big old hug, and then is loud. And then is like, okay, off with you. Has anyone tried hugging her back? I mean, obviously that is what would banish her uh, to the other side or, or let her ascend whatever it is. This professor who wanted to keep students there, safe there, 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 whatever that there, is. There, there, yeah, let it out. Let it out, Molly. Let yeah, it yeah, out. yeah. It's not your fault. It's, it's not, not your fault. fault. Shut up, man. Shut up. Uh, yeah, it's just that, but a seven-foot-tall woman in a large hat uh, that just wants to hug. I mean, it so. sounds like Molly's Molly's thriving, personally. You know what? I appreciate yeah. her. Uh, as long as she doesn't come to cons. Well, you have to yeah. have permission, permission to do hugs. Yeah, the consent part's kind of pretty shitty on Molly's part. The hugging without without asking. Yeah, come on, Molly. <laughs> So today's caring is this, uh, hey it's bedtime, baby cakes. Time to climb into that warm bed and pull that sheet up, and then do not look beyond it. Cover those eyes. Keep your senses keen, but protected. The last thing any of us wants is a hug. You remember hugs, right? They were good until they weren't. No, now is not the time for hugging. Now is the time for making sure everything is in its right place, including you, my baby. Keep your bed close and keep your blankets closer. Ignore the tugs. Avoid the hugs. Whoa, terrifying. <laughs> your, your, your caring moment was scarier than the story. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Awesome. Sorry, sorry, I'll swim them next no, time. No, that was great. I was like, oh, that's creepy. Tugs and hugs. Hello, uh, there is a brief aside here. It is a moment of caring into the fiscal liquidity. That is our ad zone. We are doing ads now. People are paying us money. You can pay us money if you would like to advertise with us. Today, uh, we have an ad from Adam Bertacci, the author of the critically acclaimed viral Shakespearean mashup, The Two Gentlemen of Lebowski. He wants to shamelessly advertise a couple of spooky short stories available for Kindle, they're romantic comedies for the most romantic holiday, Halloween. You might be interested in this. The first is The Usual Werewolves. This is kind of a Twilight parody meets the American graffiti meets John Hughes. It's about an outcast girl who thinks she's in love with a sexy, sparkly vampire until she spends a Halloween night driving around with the geeky guys at her school, the werewolves. <laughs> to quote one reviewer, it's funny and adorable and I cannot believe how much I liked it. Item number two on the Adam special here is X marks the spot. That's X, E-X. Also in the John Hughes Halloween hijinks vein, it's all about a sarcastic girl stuck taking her little brother out trick-or-treating. Well, she runs into the ex-boyfriend she's been ghosting. Awkward. Oh, and by the way, she's dressed as a pirate. That's what makes the title very funny. The Usual Werewolves and X marks the spot are both available on Kindle right now. And that has been our moment of caring into financial liquidity. Um, so have you been doing self-care this week? My self-care has been to do some breathing. I have gone outside to do some breathing of air because, uh, everyone I know, uh, on the coasts cannot. Uh, and if you are on the coast, boy, are there some things you should be looking up, uh, in terms of what to do if you don't have, uh, your standard sort of, uh, 
uh, air filtration system. If you fill your house with lots of little containers full of water, that actually helps pull smoke particles down. Uh, if you put a filter over like a box fan, that'll help with things. I'm just sort of uh, taking in the blessing of like, yeah, I can breathe and uh, it's not toxic, but also like even the air here in the middle of the country uh, is starting to have the effects of the fires on the West Coast. And, and uh, today I was reading about how they've reached New York City. Uh, so the entire country is sort yeah. of uh, in some sort of catch of it. And uh, I'm, I'm just trying to appreciate what I have right now. And I hope that uh, everyone else gets back to being able to breathe like a human being again soon, because this is uh, the there's something about 2020 that just fucking twists the blade is that like we got the pandemic, right? But like no one told the planet. And so the planet's still being like, what about hurricanes and what about out of control fires and what about uh, whatever else I want to throw at you? And you're like, you were supposed to hold off. Just let us deal with this big one right now. Uh, and so uh, it is complicated to watch everything pile up. So breathing in general, just uh, to calm down is good, but uh, to appreciate like, okay, this, this air isn't on fire yet. And maybe it will be by next week. Just uh, trying to get some of that time in. Breathing in this economy? <laughs> my my um is kind of similar. My self care that I've been doing is I've started like actively trying to drink water. So I've always like my partner has told me for years and years and years and years that I should drink more water. But always like I get a jug and then I'm like by the end of the day I like I've taken two drinks out of it or something. So now I have six individual containers that I line up filled with water and I have to drink them throughout the day and then screw the cap back on. So, but they're in like little manageable bite, not bites, I guess, swallows of water. Little bites of water. When I'm, chew when I'm chewing so my much. water. I love you so much. Can't breathe the air, can't chew your water. What's coming on here? I feel like if once we start chewing our water, that's when we've really gone beyond. That's That doesn't sound great. I, yeah, I've kind of gamified drinking enough water for the day. So that's my self-care. You got anything you want to lift up out in the world? Yeah, um, I would like to lift up right now um, Trans Lifeline. Trans Lifeline is a grassroots hotline and micro grants nonprofit organization offering direct emotional and financial support to trans people in crisis. So they're a really great one. Um, you can find them at translifeline.org. And they have a hotline that is 877-565-8860. Uh, this week, I have sunk in uh, as as self-care in a way that I, I have not felt such release in so long. Uh, just marathoning through the remaster of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2. Uh, and rather than turning you towards Activision and rebuying a game that you had 20 years ago, even though it feels good, I'd like to point you to a game called Skate Burb. Uh, Skate Burb is a game... <laughs> From my friend Megan Fox, not that Megan Fox, a cool indie Megan Fox. Uh, and Megan's game is uh, you uh, being a tiny cute bird, uh, burb, uh, and you uh, you ride on a skateboard and it's, it's basically Tony Hawk, but in all these uh, wild and wacky places that only a bird uh, could skate in. Uh, and, uh, and yes, it is called Skate Burb because the lawyers uh, told her uh, it could not be co called a tiny hawk. <laughs> That's, the, that's when the one that'd be like, I gotta fight this. Because uh, that would infringe on some things. So that game is, a, there's a Patreon. You can play demos of it right now. It's so close to coming out. I have a number of friends that are working on it, including some friends that because the Patreon did well enough are working on the 
the story mode. God, it's just cute as heck. So uh, I, I encourage you to go out there and throw 10, 15 bucks Megan's way uh, and really get in early on Skate. Oh, I hope that, hope that comes out on Switch because that sounds like the perfect feel-good game I need. It is. It is coming to Switch. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, anything else you want to say about where we can find you, any projects you're working on? I'm at Brock Wilbur on all the places. Where can people find you? You can find me at jordanshively.com on the net, which has links to like my Patreon and the book I'm writing. And also I write weird stuff every day on Twitter at, at hottest singles. So I guess that's it for this week. It's fun to be getting back into this. That's a good week. Yeah. We've been doing some more of these, so it's fun to get back into it. Kind of remember how to talk to other people. That's not my cat. <laughs> I'm not that much different than your cat. Oh, so you're, you're, very, you're, you're very lucky that the first one I that we came on here, I wasn't like, how are your beans doing, Brock? You got beans? I mean, my, be- my beans we, are should, fine. Should, I, feel, should I, beans? I don't feel weird about this at all, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so that's another week with us. It would be lovely if you found us on the internet, gave us a review or a, one of those star things. You know, I hear kids are doing that these days on the podcast. And remember, until next week, keep your hearts dark and true and your teeth sharp and many. Bye. Bye. Carrying to the Void was recorded in a studio that was burned down 10 years ago.